All right. All right. What's going on? As always, Sammy, got problems sharing it for me, but we'll be getting there. That's how we well, start off the podcast. I was, gonna, I was trying to actually, I was trying to just move on without you talking about it because I don't want every podcast to just start with, I have problems sharing. I was like, okay, I'll just talk. And it is pod that two brothers talking sports. And uh, we're here live talking some NBA crazy weekend. Um, it's going to be a quick one, but we wanted to break down everything that's happening. I mean, we had insane endings with game sevens. We had a game one in Phoenix fights breaking out again. A lot of stars missing, though, of course. And, you know, there, there was just a whole lot of things happening in this NBA world. So we'll, we're going to go through game sevens, the Eastern and Western Conference finals, blown leads. And, uh, George, it was a pretty exciting weekend of, uh, of sports. I mean, it was pretty insane, actually. Yeah, and I just don't know how, like, the. M- I mean, as much as, you know, the NBA has had their ratings problems throughout the last few years, I actually don't know how the product could be any better on the court. Like, there's a lot of stuff off the court that is turning off fans. There's a lot of stuff uh, as far as market size, uh, the, pe- the names of players. There's a lot of guys left that the common fan might not actually know who they are. But the actual on-court product is fantastic right now during these last few games in the NBA playoffs. Um uh, it, it just makes basketball fun again. And for the regular season being as bad as it was and as boring as it was and as unwatchable at times as it was, the product here in the last few days has been amazing. Yeah. I mean, like, I disagree with the, the fact that people don't know these guys. I mean, like, casual fans know who Giannis is and Trey Young and Devin Booker and Chris Paul and Kawhi Leonard. Um, Maybe like the average American that doesn't watch basketball doesn't know him. That, that, that's, who, that's that's probably who I'm talking about because at the end yeah, of the day, but that's not a you, casual fan because that that would technically be a not a fan. All right, yeah, so. let's <laughs> let's not get into the we're arguing about whether they're a fan or not. Let's talk about the on on uh, on court experience has been amazing, right? I mean, the games, the quality, the the drama. Like I almost think it could. It's very hard to foresee a better way the games kept going. Yeah, uh, I think, well, I know you just tried to like move me off of that, but the point I was saying to that is it's actually really good for the game of basketball, in my opinion, because I think we're seeing some of the newer generation of players now. I mean, you look at the, you don't, like, it's, other than Chris Paul and maybe Kawhi Leonard, there's a lot of Devin Booker, Trey Young, Giannis, uh, and it's really good for the game because, and it's making the encore play a lot better, right? And I think that's why we're having a lot of these, great series because we have a lot of young talent in this league and they're starting to shine a little bit in the, and it's making these games like intense. Um, it's making them fun, physical. I mean, I feel like basketball has become a little more physical too with the, with it, the, the way these games are happening. Yeah. I mean, I guess in general, I mean, we saw the last game, I think yesterday didn't even, what was the final score of the Sixers and Hawks? I don't even know if they even reached the hundreds. The uh, Bucks and Nets game seven, I think, got to the hundreds, but it took overtime to actually like get comfortably over the hundreds. And we're seeing that it doesn't take a barrage of only three pointers to play basketball anymore. Like it, it that doesn't. There's still a lot of threes, right? But it does. It goes to show it's not like needed only to be an entertaining game. Yeah, you have so many of the the squads. Like the Suns have some mid range specialists. So do the Clippers. Uh, I mean, even guys like Trey Young, who might seem like a Steph Curry, you know, three point shooter. I mean, the guy's more of like a floater specialist. And like, you got a lot of, you do have a lot. And Giannis, not a three point shooter at all. So like, actually, all four teams left 
I would say their best players are not like these. It's not the Steph Curry world. Like, and you said this, I think a few years back where it's like, yeah, what Steph's doing is changing the game a little bit, but eventually things don't like, don't stay that way. He's the best shooter of all time. You're not just going to win if you're trying to emulate. It's like, mm-hmm. if everybody tried to emulate Michael Jordan, you're not going to win. You can't emulate Steph Curry because he was the best shooter ever. And Clay Thompson might be <laughs> top five. The second, yeah, I mean, unless the Hawks win, because you can make an argument that Trey Young is primarily a three-point shooter, even though I do agree with you. He He's not Steph Curry. I think he plays a lot different. Not a lot different. There are elements to his game. But the point is, yeah, you're right. The game doesn't need to be like shooting 45 threes. It works, like you said, when you have the best shooter of all time in Steph and the second best shooter of all time, maybe in Clay Thompson. And then you add a guy like Kevin Durant who might be the third best shooter of all time. Yeah, and it yeah, literally, it, may, it makes things a lot easier. A lot easier. Definitely. But well, let's start with the Game 7 Bucks and, and Nets because that was pretty insane. And I know that everybody everybody's living off of the Kevin Durant quotes, right? His big-ass foot is the reason they're not in the conference finals. There's obviously a, mo- a lot more that goes into it with Kyrie being hurt, James Harden being a shell of himself. Like, I mean, he looked like he was at playing at, what, 10%? Yeah, I mean... I don't or get the or he James. had a bad playoff performance because well here's the weird thing with the James Harden performance and I I don't know which one it is and we probably will never know because we're not we're not in his body but it was very interesting to me that he shot eight I think nine free throws in the first half couple more in the third quarter and then in the fourth quarter he was all of a sudden now his hamstrings not giving him the ability to even attempt a shot or get to the free throw line in the fourth quarter or overtime so i just think it's very convenient that he always doesn't do it in the fourth quarter and overtime in these playoff games and and maybe he was hurt maybe if he wasn't hurt he would have been driving and being more aggressive but i I, there's no way we can answer that yeah we can't we're never gonna know um at all so, yeah. so, I, so I can't, can't really put the blame on him, though. I mean, the fact that he was playing and he did look hurt, like you got to give him credit. He played all 53 minutes of that of that uh, uh, game seven. Him and Kevin Durant both played 53 minutes out of 53 minutes. Yeah, but the, the hard thing for the Nets here, I mean, uh, I don't want to talk too, honestly too much about the Nets because they're the ones that are going home, but <laughs> we all know that they were kind of the, you know, they were the... Uh, Almost like people just checked him in as the team that was winning once LeBron went out, right? Like, yes. Oh, they'll be healthy, of course. Kyrie's going to come back. Harden's fine. They're going to win the championship. Blake Griffin looks good again. It was almost like check the boxes. That's what's happening. And, you know, we, I know us even in our, we did like a, we do a podcasting thing. We took the unconventional route and picked the Bucks. But I, I remember when we picked the Bucks, part of the reason we picked the Bucks, we said it was like, maybe everyone's just going to pick the Nets and we should go a different way. So there was still like a part of us that was kind of like, like trying to pick the bucks for unconventionalness as well. A little bit. Um, I would have to admit that, but it also, like I've always said, like these super teams, unless you're like the Warriors and you've already won a championship and then you add Kevin Durant, I don't feel like they win championships in year one ever. Right. I mean, there's no chemistry between the Nets and the uh, the Nets players. I, I just wonder, right? Like, even though James Harden was hurt, and I I do believe now, like it's pretty easy to see if all three were healthy. <laughs> if all three were healthy, they were winning yeah. the championship. But I just wonder if James Harden and Kevin Durant had more cohesiveness throughout the season. Even if James Harden wasn't healthy, would they have played better together? I'm not sure. I can't like once again, you you ask these questions sometimes to yourself, and you can't really answer these questions because they're impossible to answer 
But and you just wonder what would have been the landscape if instead of playing eight games to get together, they played 40 games together. And now Harden knows like, hey, I know I'm not healthy, but I know if I stand in this left corner and Durant has the ball, he's going to give me the ball here and I'm going to be open for a shot. Just like little things like that. Yeah, I mean, I would not be shocked if they win next year if they keep this team together the way it is. Uh, yeah, the bench is a little questionable, but yeah, like, I'd be more shocked, be shocked if they don't win next Me year too. with this team. <laughs> yeah, I would too. I mean, it would not be shocking because they're fucking good. And like Kevin Durant said, now I wanted to bring this story up because it's funny. As Kevin Durant said, if we all know the quote, uh, if it wasn't for my big ass foot, we'd be going to the conference finals. I'd be shocked if you guys haven't seen the video. I'm sure everyone's seen the game tire to go to overtime a spin move kind of step back it was actually one of the nastiest shots i've ever seen just like the whole move but it turns out royce young like the old uh oklahoma city thunder reporter i don't know he might he might still be the oklahoma city thunder reporter but he reported that uh back in 2018 kevin durant to keep a lightweight feel wears one size bigger than his shoe size 18 so or whatever he's wearing 18 instead of 19 or 19 instead of so whatever it is, you know what I mean. He, he wears, wears one, one size shoe bigger. size bigger. So people are saying Kevin Durant's shoes, his shoe size being bigger, might have kept him out of the Eastern Conference Finals, which technically is right. Well, technically it's right. I mean, if he was like six foot ten instead of six foot eleven or whatever he is, seven feet tall, like he would have maybe half a centimeter. It's literally half a centimeter. Like in his foot part of being tall, you have a bigger foot. It, it was in, like literally, literally like totally. Well, you're missing like, the point. It's not about his height. It's the fact that he's wearing shoes that are bigger than his no, height. No, no, so, I, I understand that. But even if he wore a size 17 and then he had to go to an 18 instead of 18 to a 19, it also would have been behind fair. the line. Like, or it, don't it was wear shoes that are a f- size bigger. Wouldn't it be more heavy, not lighter because you have more shoe that's how I feel. And like, I don't know if they, he just likes the uh, like the openness to it or something, right? I think the quote is actually he wanted a featherweight feeling. So I think he doesn't want to feel his. He said, like, okay, he has a quote, actually. These are like slippers, man. I just try to be efficient as I can when I create what I want out there. I don't want something that's too bulky. So sometimes they may come off, but that's a good thing. I can slip them back on and keep playing. All of these seem like slightly crazy notion, uh, but he considers that a featherweight feeling yet to me that sounds like it's harder to harder to be successful on the court like yeah i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of contradictions there he said i don't want to be so bulky so i'm going with a bigger shoe yes well kevin durant's one of the kings of contradictions he also says like he doesn't care what fans think and different things and then has burners like arguing with fans so like it's a classic kevin durant thing to say something that's maybe a little little wild but i did gain Last thing I'm going to say about the Nets because, because like I I do want to give a lot of credit to the Bucks. It's kind of crazy. I think people are talking more about the Nets failing than the Bucks coming back from. Well, they were down 2-0 bad. Remember they got blown yeah. out. Yeah, and, I think. I mean, still, I think overall in the series, I mean, plus minus, they they were definitely in the minus. And I think I did the math before the game, and they were minus like 21. So I think they were like minus 19 for the series, and they won. Jesus. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, there's and, a 40 point game in in game two. Well, I don't know what it was. It was something yeah. crazy. They got blown out. And Kevin Durant, though, did gain a lot of my respect. Like we talked about this, where it was like, this is the first time he doesn't have like he didn't have like Steph Curry and he didn't have 
it kind of sucks for him at the end because he once again lost without Steph Curry and like blew a lead. But I, I feel like for the first time, he didn't have anybody with him. Like even because James Harden was like 20%. He ne- he did this by himself and he went seven with Giannis and a great Milwaukee Bucks team. And I thought it really like it added to his greatness, even though they lost. Yeah, yeah, it totally did. I mean, in a, in a some a huge way, especially we didn't really know what he was going to be this year. A year coming off a of torn Achilles, we've never actually seen a guy come back and be just as good, if not better, after a torn Achilles. He's the first. Like you had, I mean, that's one of those injuries where people almost like give it like, sorry for this, not this dramatic, but a death sentence to your career. Like players yeah. don't come back from Achilles injuries and are as effective or or as good or even but in Kevin Durant's case maybe even better. So it's like yeah, so I have to give him a lot of credit there. But I kind of want to talk about the Bucks for a second here because they are added to the Eastern Conference Finals, which is kind of you know if you told me after Game Two that they were going to get to the fi- Conference Finals, I would have would have said there's absolutely no way. And here they are; they're in the Conference Finals. Um, Giannis put up 40 points. He still can't shoot a damn free throw to save his life. And like, it's like the hardest 40 points. So like Kevin Durant, what ended up with 49, 50 points, most ever in a game seven last game. Yeah. I think it was 48 points. Yeah. And then you have Giannis ends up with 40, but look at at, like, I was just thinking about this. How effortless was Kevin Durant's points and how much effort did it seem like Giannis's points were? Yeah. I mean, well, cause Durant's just like an effortless, like, killer when it comes to shooting Giannis is and like I'm not trying to be that guy I think everyone always like oh the old school he's back to old school basketball but like he kind of is like he's like all right I I think I I put out a picture on uh, our Instagram on sports on tap of like it's a picture of Derrick Henry it's like when Giannis loads up to go to the hole and that's he literally will take the ball back up and like hunches back and you know how he does it he'll like hunches back like this for those watching you can see me and puts his head down and just goes like, and he, he literally, you know, like he, he, he has no regards to where he is on the court. I feel like he's like, go Euro step, Euro step and just try to go up. And like yeah. that, we haven't seen that from anyone, even LeBron James, who's probably one of the only other people that could have done it. Right. Because LeBron had some coordination where he can shoot a three and Giannis, like Giannis shouldn't shoot threes anymore, but at least he knocks some down. Like it's kind of a weird thing where he shouldn't shoot them. Right. Like the game six, I think he shot zero threes and that was his best game. I mean, game seven was better, but he had no threes and everyone on was on Twitter. Like the best part of the game today for Giannis was he shot zero threes. And it was kind of true, right? Because when he doesn't settle for threes and he's going to the basket, he's so unstoppable. But at the same time, he some defenders are playing 9, 10, 11 feet off him and he's wide open for that three. So if he knocks down one or two of them, which he did in game seven, they all of a sudden guys, instead of being eight feet off him or four feet off him, and it just creates some opportunity to get to the hole. Like I, I, he's fascinating, man. He really is. Like I don't understand sometimes his game. Like it, he's I, sometimes I'm like I don't like watching Giannis, and then sometimes like I really like Giannis. And I think I, I I'm settling in. I like the Giannis because I like watching the struggle. I like watching that old school basketball. It looks hard. <laughs> it looks hard to yeah, me every I time think, he's trying to score. You know the thing with Giannis more than anything is. I like I disagree with the notion that we're like when people were like, oh, we're glad he didn't shoot a three. I'm I'm glad he didn't shoot a three if there was never the right time to do it. But w- I, I like his confidence. I think game five, he shot 50%. He was like two for four. And it's like, yeah. that works. If he had four good looks, because 
where there's two worlds to this. You have the world of Ben Simmons, which we'll get to, which is doesn't shoot, doesn't even try. He's gone from a shitty shooter to an even shittier shooter and a shittier scorer because he literally won't even try to score now. And we'll, like that, that's a whole Not other even, story. Yeah. Like he won't we'll even shoot that. layups. But like we are seeing Giannis now where he's like, I don't care if I can't do it at the best right now, but I'm 26, 27. Like at least keep working on it. I mean, LeBron James was a shitty three-point shooter early in his career. And yeah, he, he was. just kind of kept going and going and going. And I, th- I think everyone's talking about this example, and I kept hearing it this morning on Colin Cowherd, so it stuck in my head, which is the difference is at least you see Giannis working on things, the free throws. It looks like he was trying to speed him up and get it out of his head. He's shooting, you know, some games he was shooting 20%. Now he's shooting 40 to 50%. It's not good, but it's better. Ben Simmons doesn't even try. So it's like with Giannis, I appreciate the effort. I appreciate the fact that it's like recognizes that if I want to be successful in this league, even if I'm not good at it now, let me uh, like start trying to be good at it. Yeah, he, he, I think that's why I root for him so much. And, you know, you like, I'm not like a Milwaukee Bucks fan. I've never been to Milwaukee. But the thing is, like, you see his care. You see the, like, he really wants to be fucking good. And he's really trying so hard. And even at the free throw line, like, I feel like he's airballing some of these free throws. He airballed two free throws, two of them. And then he switched the next one. And it's like, you can tell, like, he, I think sometimes his big problem is with that is LeBron had it too early in his career before he won the first championship where you're in, you're trying so hard that the, you're not doing things naturally. You're trying yeah, yeah, through you're, things. And that's why bro Giannis is, we, we both played basketball. Giannis's free throw routine definitely <laughs> needed to be shorter because if you, if but you don't like 15 gym, second man. free throw, you don't like 15 second free throw routines. Who does anything? Okay, if something's hard for you, it, the longer you think about it, the obvious, like, it's sports. You played basketball. I played basketball. I think you ask anybody that played basketball kind of knows. Maybe speed it up because, like, 15 seconds, knowing that I suck at this, wouldn't that make it harder? Well, not just that. Like, if you're going to go practice, right, you want to get up as many free throws as you can. If he's doing a 15-second routine every time he goes to practice, he's only shooting, you know, what? Is that four free throws a minute? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, literally. so you, you can't really practice you, even. I want to see him do like free throw. Everyone knows uh, free throw thons where you yeah. like shoot a hundred and you get like people to pledge. Like I'll do a dollar per one George makes, right? Like those free throw thons in high school. Somebody pass you the ball, free throw, catch, free throw, catch, free throw. If Giannis yep. did that every day, it take I think us seven actually days. Start it. Take us seven days to get through yeah. it at this point. That's what I'm saying. But f- forget that. I'm saying, why doesn't he do that? Like, why is he, he should honestly? I think as a guy who can't fucking shoot free throws, speed it up. Like, get out of your head. I don't think no, I it agree. helped him yesterday that he's dribbling and the crowd's going one, two, three. Do you think that helps Giannis? Well, actually, when they were counting, you went five, he made five in a row and they stopped counting when he airballed one. That was kind of okay, weird. But that's that was probably like killer mentality thing, or maybe, yeah, exactly. But like. You know what I mean? Like, pick up no, the pace and just shoot it. Like, shoot, the, shoot just get your him free out. throw. Get him out. Yeah. Make, make it. What, catch a ball. One, two, dribble. Boom. Go up. Done. Yeah, done. Free throw. If you miss it, we go to the next one. You don't think about the next one for 15 minutes at the free throw line. And talking about adapting, George, I know that we're we're trying to keep these under 30 minutes. So I want to get yeah. on to Trey Young, game seven. And they're about to play Milwaukee, right? And yeah. another guy that's been adapting in this league, and I fucking love it, is Trey Young, who was top 15 in points this year, 
And it looks second in assists at nine and a half assists. And everyone thinks, like we were talking about, they think, you know, every game is just like a three-point shooting guy, whatever, right? Like, for example, yesterday, the guy shot only 21%, 18 from three. But he adapts. He shoots floaters when he's, you know, struggling. Or he gets people going, assists. Like, game four, 25 points, 18 assists. He wasn't shooting great that night, but he was just getting things done. And Trey Young has been a guy that, for me, I went from seeing him as kind of like, a, oh, my God, this guy's going to suck. Like, I can't believe he was an all-star starter in year two. Remember, we were mocking him. We were like, mm-hmm. oh, the fans I, love Trey Young. I, 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 I thought he was James Harden, Russell Westbrook, never going to win a championship. As they should like, have. Oh. It was correct. It was correct then. Now it's not. Yeah, okay. Nate McMillan changed him. Fine. But the, that, does, that was not the point of it. The point of it is people adapt. And every player in the first two years of their – I mean, you could – I have much worse things to say about Luka maybe now than Trey Young so about like – getting adapting to like why is your like i don't know why why is lucas sound like he's causing problems in dallas already and like like fit, adapt to the situation trey young really found a way to go from being this like russell westbrook in my eyes where i'm like okay cool you're gonna put up stats on a bad team forever to like wow he he has to be in the right situation like anybody but he could be an nba champ he has the mentality and like the obvious he obviously has something in him that knows how to like change as or adapt to situations like maybe million came in and he adapted to the situation and changed his career almost. Yeah. Cause he's tough. He's a tough ass motherfucker. That's the best way to look at Trey young. He's so, he's so tough. He wasn't scared of a moment. He was the only guy like literally sit, like going to Simmons for a second, like Ben Simmons looked terrified of the moment. Trey young looked like he wanted the moment. And yeah, he shot five for 23, I believe from the field yesterday, but like, okay, he was, it doesn't matter. No, but he was shit. He was shit yeah. until the fourth quarter where he made this. I think he, he was five for 24. I think he made four out of his last five shots. And that's because he's clutch. He's, he's ice tray. He's ice tray. I love it. No, no, I'm with you. I love it. And for everyone who was talking shit about him earlier in his career, they were right. He was, I mean, John Collins had quotes earlier this year before they fired Nate McMillan where he was like, oh, uh, it's about stuff that he didn't like playing with Trey. He didn't like the the shot selections. Teammates didn't like it. Uh, there's a lot of complaints and there's a lot of bad habits. Come in, Nate McMillan. Sometimes, Sammy, in life, you just need someone to come in and kick you in the ass and tell you you're doing shit wrong for you to come in and start doing things right. And that's what happened, I think, with Trey Young. I think he got the right coach. And I think this is this is going to completely turn around his career. I mean, does this mean he's going to one day be an NBA champion? I have no idea. But it's like Allen Iverson was never an NBA champion. And he's a damn legend, right? And that's what Trey Young is going to be. Even if Trey Young never wins an NBA championship, he will be revered forever. And especially yeah. in Atlanta. Like, this guy is the real deal. I love him too, man. Like I, I have to admit, like I was wrong about Trey Young. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of people were. So it's not even like a shocker, right? Like right. I was very wrong about him. I mean, and, but all the signs were there. He was this undersized guy that went to like a college like Oklahoma and put him on the map. Mm-hmm. And you know, he, I think he was the only player in college history for like four months to average over twenty points and over ten assists. He didn't end the season with that, I remember, but. He because they remember they ended the season really bad in Oklahoma, his mm-hmm. his his uh, year in college. But first, like two months, he was literally the only person in history to go 20 games with 20 plus and 10 plus. So he had something about him that was a little more special than I really considered. Um, I think I wasn't considering the fact that like, damn, a, a kid in college is averaging 20 and 10. Like it's not he's not just a Jimmer Fredette in college. Like he's actually no. a playmaker and, and hits floaters and 
is leading the nation in assists. And he's second in assists in the NBA this year. Like he's is his game changed. Like, and like you said, I think John Collins used to hate him, right? Didn't he want to be traded? Yeah, yeah. He didn't like playing with him because <laughs> Trey Young was a bad it was a shitty teammate. He was. Yeah. And then maybe not and as Nate a person. McMillan, I'm just like shitty to play with. Like, let's not say he's yeah. a shitty teammate. Because it seems like everyone likes him as a person on the team. And now as a teammate, it looks like everyone loves him too. And I think even Nate McMillan even considered not taking the job. He said it was because he liked Lloyd Pierce, but maybe there was more to it. Maybe it was like, I, I don't know if I can change this culture or change this team. And he obviously did. Mr. Sonic is a man though. Like that, that. I love it. Hands down the best coaching job of the year. As much as I love Monty Williams and I, uh, who won coach of the year? Tom, like, Tom Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Who did amazing too, actually. He turned around yeah. the Knicks organization. But They should have waited what, until that series was over when uh, Nate McMillan now coached Tom Thibodeau and eliminated him and then gave it to Nate McMillan. They should have just McMillan. done that. They should have just done like a four versus five game and be like, all right, win, win, winning coach, you get the uh, coach of a year award. Yeah, the up to and it, well, because it could have been Monty Williams too. But like the the yeah. hard thing is with that it's like Monty Williams got Chris Paul. It's a, like the the Hawks didn't get Chris Paul. So it's like, yeah, I, I mean, got, at least they, the, the the Suns got James Jones. They got the executive of the year, so they got they, they got their they got a trophy out of it. They got their trophy. Well, there is one thing about that game. There's two things about this game, right? Outside of the fact that Trey Young's the man. One, I wanted to mention the John Collins shirt because. Mm-hmm. He obviously there were so many angles of this dunk that John Collins had on him. B just like literally had his like forearm in his in his head and had like his face above the rim and just slammed on him. And after the game, he's literally rocking the shirt with the picture of it. That's is that how much of a boss move is that? It's a huge boss move, and I mean, you're gonna laugh at what, what I thought about it with this. If I was like, imagine if the Hawks lost that game and that shirt was like, first of all, would he wear that shirt? No. After the game, probably not. Number two, if all those shirts were printed, you just send him to the to Congo where Joel Embiid's from, because you know how they send all like the Super Bowl runner-up shirts to like Africa. I'm assuming he just printed one. I mean, do you uh, think? Maybe, wait, you think you there think might John be an Atla- Collins? Maybe there's think- an Atlanta comp Atlanta company that sells these why, John why Collins. Why was that shirts. so hard? I don't know. I because I was talking about the country of Congo, and I tried to say company. In Atlanta, so like company, country, Atlanta, Congo, George's uh, English lesson of a day. Yeah, well, I'm in to take a guess that there's not thousands printed like in NBA playoffs. So <laughs> maybe today there is. Maybe like I know it's on, it's already on Etsy and shit. So people are already like you know knocking it off or not knocking. It's not even really a knockoff, but you know what I mean. People are already pr- making them now. But I'm assuming there's not like a thousand of those printed until post game yesterday or until like uh, i i know. agree with you it was it was yeah, it was more of a joke i don't think they're actually going to send him to congo well there's i my i understood the joke i'm just saying they also weren't printed <laughs> so yeah like there's no chance that shit was printed just left and right one day span like thousand prints but it is a boss move except for the fact that like at some point like i love those type of things i think uh, what was it? LeBron wore the Ultimate Warrior shirt, but that was after a championship. And Draymond Green wore the Quickie shirt. That was after a championship. There is something about like it's John Collins. Like Embiid will forever be better than you. And yeah. if you lose next round, you, it's like kind of oh cool, you had the dunk of the year. Like I don't know. Do you- I think it's cool. I'd maybe do it too because I'd probably be a cocky motherfucker if I was in the NBA. But at the same time, it's kind of like yeah, yeah, it is. Right. And and um, yeah. I guess like. You know, moving off the shirt, I do totally agree with you. It was a, it was a damn, damn, damn boss move. But one thing I do want to say is, uh, how about Ben? I mean, Joel Embiid after the game taking a shot at Ben Simmons, saying, 
the turning point of the game was when we had a wide open layup and we ended up only shooting one, missing one free throw. Yeah, I think he said wide open shot because he was trying to not, I think, make it too obvious that it was the Ben Simmons layup. Yeah, yeah. For those that didn't see it, I mean, I'm going to make this into a clip on our on our TikTok, on our Instagram, everywhere at Pod That. If you don't see the clip, because I, I don't, you most people won't notice that in game. I didn't notice it until after it was said, and I watched the video. Ben Simmons literally was wide open, looked at the basket, and passed it to a guy incoming traffic with two people, and. It was at that moment you knew like Ben Simmons has gone from the point of like, I can't shoot to like, I, I'm scared of shooting. Yeah, he like, had a mid-range shot. Yeah, because he had a mid-range shot his rookie year. I was actually, I saw it on Twitter, like someone posting this, like, you know, a compilation of his, all his like mid-range shots from his rookie year. And he wasn't like horrible. He wasn't great. He wasn't like uh, Devin Booker from mid-range or Kobe Bryant mid-range or anything like that, but he could keep the defense honest, at least make a mid-range shot. He could it score was like a, a hook, little a bit. Hook and like a hook shot type of thing. Yeah, like driving, yeah. You know, dump. But but once again, like he's the type of guy, and I, I hate I hate doing this, but I'm going to question his work ethic because you see someone like Giannis who seems like he really cares and is trying to bring in new things. Like Giannis couldn't even shoot a mid-range earlier in his career now can – knock down a three once in a while. And you have someone like Simmons who seems like has regressed as far as being able to shoot the ball. And for once, like, you know, the Jenners and, you know, Kardashians sometimes make mistakes, but I think, uh, is he, is, uh, she used to, he used to date Kyrie or Kendall. Well, there's none of them are named Kyrie. So okay, no, Kyrie, not, sorry. But- <laughs> Ky- Kylie, Kylie, sorry. We're talking it was Kendall. Kendall. It's, De- it was now Kendall. Devin Booker's. Now yeah, Devin I was going to say, I was going to say, man, what a, what a good move by her. She's a talent spotter. She left Ben Simmons to go to Devin Booker. So I just want to give her credit where credit's due. She knew one was going to be, is a good shooter and the other can't shoot worth shit. I think, and I, I kind of like the location move. I mean, I'd rather be in Phoenix than in Philly. Same here. Tough winners, tough winners. Um, also Ben Simmons, just to keep it, just to keep it a buck of how bad he's playing. Did you see his, uh, how, his fourth quarter, like numbers? This year? I saw them, but I haven't memorized them. If you want to throw them out so, there. And remember, this is year one of a five year, $177 million contract. Just remember that, right? This is year one. That hurts. Game one, two for two in the fourth. This is his fourth quarter numbers. Game one, two for two. hundred percent. Game three, he was one for one. Hundred percent, and then game two, four, five, six, seven. He was zero for zero, hundred percent, zero percent technically. Hundred percent. So you're so you're telling me that Ben Simmons a hundred percent shooter in the fourth quarter in playoff games. I think they, the the Sixers got a winner here, man. What I'm trying to tell you is the guy shot three shots in four, four seven, seven fourth quarters. Yeah, he shot three shots. That's a game. A game one point zero. That's one point seven five games worth. Seven quarters. Yeah, it is. It's almost a game, and it's more than a game and a half. And he shot, yeah, three shots. And this is all fourth quarter, like two for two, one for one, and the rest of the games zero for zero. You can't be making one hundred seventy-seven million dollars as the co-star of a team and shoot three shots in seven quarters. Can't do of it. the fourth quarter. If it was the first quarter, I'd say whatever. And if he started cooking later, I mean, like, so be it. If he's a slow starter, but. You can't be the co-star of a team and, and and shoot three times in seven quarters. No, you cannot. And it's not and just uh, about shooting. It's about being bad at it. So you, right. you don't even shoot. Well, before we move on to the last topic real quick, one question for you, and you don't have, we don't have to get too deep into it. But you, simply, is Ben Simmons a sixer next season or no? 
Yeah, uh, he has to be. There's nobody that's going to send them what they deserve for Ben Simmons because Ben Simmons is at the all-time low stock right now, which mm-hmm. he's not as bad as we're making it out to seem because he's actually going to be he's a great floor general, a great player. And if he can figure out confidence, he might average 20 points a game, layups, driving to the whole Giannis style. Yep. Um, I agree. I mean, what are they going to do? Trade Ben Simmons for CJ McCollum? They're just going to be worse. No, you know, the Laker fans are probably already seeing they're like, oh, why don't we trade Kyle Kuzma for Ben Simmons? And they're like, no, yeah, well, you can't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, you fuck, you might be able to the six if Joel Embiid actually hates him, but at the same time, like, yeah, see, Ben Simmons would be great with LeBron and Anthony Davis, but once again, the problem is if it's the fourth quarter and you need a bucket and he can't shoot, that doesn't work with a lot of guys. Exactly. So, how are you going to compliment your big man, Joel Embiid, the best big man in the NBA, probably outside of Jokic? You can't compliment him with a guy that literally can't even shoot a free throw. No, I mean, you need like a Shaq and Kobe type of deal. So, so yes, he's going to be on the Sixers. You think so too, right? Yeah, I, I agree. I just wanted to throw that out there. But I, I think if they had the ability to get rid of him and for the right pieces, they would, but I don't think they can. Yeah, I don't know. I think there'll be some teams that might get, throw some stuff at him, reclamation project. I mean, he does, if there's someone who does need a change of scenery, I would say it is Ben Simmons, but I don't, I just don't know what's going to be available there. And it's, you have to remember, this is a short, shortened off season. You're trying to get the league back again by the time uh, October hits around. So it'll be another short off season for the league. So I just don't know if things will be get done or if someone wants to take on a reclamation project on a short off season. That's true. You never know. Well, George, we can talk about the rest of the NBA stuff. We're, we're on every day. so Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. We'll keep we talk about the Suns tomorrow. We'll keep the Western Conference for tomorrow. Yeah, Western Conference will be tomorrow. Um, and we'll, like, you know, we were going to talk about the Jazz collapse. We'll talk about that tomorrow when we talk about the West. So Yeah, uh, and, and I did see one comment on our uh, Facebook I want to throw out there. The Jarjur brothers need to make a Euro 2020 session from Sufyan Najjar. Here's here's the thing. Uh, we might talk a little bit about the semis and the finals. I watch every single match. Sammy's not the biggest soccer guy. He is watching them all. But um, yeah, maybe we'll talk about the semis and finals because they are a worldwide event. But other than that, I, I don't think Sammy's going to be breaking back, breaking down the center backs of uh, Belgium's uh, defense. Not just about that. It's just, <laughs> that's just not our. That's just not our content. So that's not our audience right now, unfortunately. But we can. We can't break down the finals and semifinals because that's something most people would be watching. Yeah, because it's a worldwide event. It is. Well, much love. Thanks for tuning in. You can find us everywhere at Pod That, P-O-D That. That's on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, um, YouTube, wherever. Um, it's You can find us Pod That, Two Brothers Talking Sports on all platforms. And we're going to be on here live uh, Monday through Friday, mostly. You know, we'll, we'll tweet out if we're not going to make out a show. But around 1 p.m. usually... So tune on in, send us your comments, your feedback, your love, rate and review the podcast. And uh, you can also find us everywhere at the sports on tap and at the sports on tap.com. And George, what's up? This man? is the sports on tap. The internet's pub. Cheers. Cheers.